You went up to the faux station and said one, I'll have one please, and he just yes. like, he grabs a bowl, there's one pot of soup or faux. One option. Yep, scoops into the bowl, yeah. hands it to you. <laughs> and I was behind you and I said, one please. And he said something in Vietnamese like, what do you want? And I was like, um, one of them. Like there's one pot. There's only one option. Yeah. And again, he was like asking me questions. Like, I, th- I think he might have been like telling me what was in it or something. And I was like, yep, I'll have one. Like, just I just want one of what that is. And then eventually he gave it to me and I walked away. I was like, well, I don't understand what just happened there. Like, there was one pot, one option. I asked for it in the same way that I did. Yeah. What did I what what did I miss in the translation? You put your finger up wrong. Do you reckon? Hey everyone, we're Lloyd and Mandy and you're listening to the Escape Society podcast, where we aim to inspire you to escape the norms of society and live life on your own terms. Welcome back to the Escape Society podcast, guys, with myself, Mandy, and my fiance, Lloyd. We are coming to you live from, where are we? Hoi An. Hoi An. <laughs> Hoi An, Vietnam. Uh, where did we record the last episode from? We would have been in... Moine. Moine. I think every Vietnamese city... Uh, or even every Vietnamese word has like two syllables, two things. It's like Hoi An, Moi Nai, Na Trang, Hanoi. And so many start with H. So that's, the. Yeah. Ne- I think our next three stops all start with H. So that's what's throwing me off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. But it's beautiful here. I'm a bit of Bali vibes. We've got like some rice terraces outside uh, our window um lots of chickens and stuff running around so i feel like we're sort of back in bali is giving me that sort of feeling it's kind of nice it's awesome when uh so we got an overnight sleeper bus vip sleeper bus which we'll talk about but then we got a taxi to like our hotel from the bus station which was like a 30 minute taxi and that guy was just fucking ripping yeah and on the horn and he was just in a rush He, he didn't seem too happy it was early what? in the morning, and they love a horn here. I told him the bus gets in at 5.30. He was messaging me at 10 past 5 saying, I'm already here. I'm like, okay, man. That's on you. Yeah. And <laughs> that then sounds he seemed, like a you problem. <laughs> he seemed really bummed about waiting for us. And then, yeah, like, fuck, he came so close to running over some people on motorbikes. But I guess that's just the way they do it here. Um, and then when we pulled up... I was pretty bummed because there was a sign for this place that was like on top of a like abandoned um, shop front and I was like, oh no, we've been duped. Like they had photos from years ago and this is just some shit hole. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's really good. Yeah, it was behind the shithole. So down like an alleyway was the, is this beautiful um, 
like modern sort of heritage looking building it's really really nice so we lucked out with that I was like did we really just do this overnight sleeper bus and now we're gonna be sleeping in this dump <laughs> yeah but it all turned out okay so that's all good plus we got here at seven o'clock in the morning and she let us check in straight away which was pretty so sick good yeah thank goodness um, so tired but that sleeper bus yeah that was an experience to say uh, the least <laughs> didn't get much sleep but a couple of hours luckily we just had a nap we just woken up from like a midday nap um the bus in, in all was pretty awesome. It's just that like everything in life, it's built for people under 5'10". Yeah, yeah. I'm 5'9 and I just fit the top and the bottom. Like I had to have my feet flat on the bottom and the top of my head touched it. So Vietnamese people are a lot smaller than us. Yeah, but that, that's not really... An excuse because every aeroplane is the same. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at some point, they're going to have <laughs> to say... public transport. <laughs> at some point, they've got to realize that it's not the 1950s anymore and people are over six foot two. That's true. Do you think people are getting taller? It's a fact. People get taller every generation. Really? Yeah. So that soon just everyone's going to be seven foot and that's just going to be normal? Yeah. Like, if you went back... Like a few hundred years, everyone would be four foot five. Really? Four foot eleven. Yeah. Is that because tall people breed tall with people. tall people? Yeah. We're like the us. dominant people. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, th- I mean, that's one reason. But yeah, they like whenever they um they find like remains of like ancient people, they're tiny. So small. Yeah. Oh. But you um. Just taught me something. I teach you something every day. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> apart from, yeah, the bus was pretty good. The only thing was the driver when we got on, and this is kind of the theme of today's podcast, I think. Um, so I booked it online, and like everything in Asia and Vietnam, when you book it online, everything's very like professional. You get to choose your bed or your seat where you want to go and there's like top there's a top bed and a bottom bed and i prefer the bottom but it doesn't really matter like top's fine but we wanted to be opposite each other because we were doing a whole video on this trip and being opposite each other means i can hold a camera while you're talking and can film you and we can just like be talking the whole way and it would be like really easy to do a video plus like we're kind of still next to each other instead of um not being able to see each other yeah so like that's what we wanted to do and um we get on the bus and first of all like he just looked at our bags and looked at us and just like shook his head like in disgust yeah because our bags were too big they weren't too big though like they're just bags they're just bags we're getting a fucking 10-hour bus in Vietnam. We have bags. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one thing you got to do is always in Vietnam, you got to take your shoes off and put them in a plastic bag, which is pretty funny. But <laughs> yeah. Hygiene, I guess. There's hygiene in certain, certain places. Just not the toilet ever. Well, the toilet while I was at the bus station, I had to take my thongs off and put on there. 
they had like 20 pairs of thongs lined up that you have to choose one and put them on and go into the toilet and then take them off and put your own back on when you leave. Really? You didn't tell me that. I did tell you that. Oh. Tired. Um, <laughs> which is a bit weird, putting someone else's thongs on. Yeah. But, um, How's that cleaner than just walking with your own shoes on? They don't... I guess they don't like outside dirt coming into bathroom areas or they don't like... That's fair. I don't know. Whatever it is. There's lots of shit going on. Anyway. Um, But yeah, he like looked at us in disgust and then just sort of yelled at us to go up the back of the bus, which we didn't buy our seats up the back of the bus and pointed at the two top bunks. And I was like, oh, no, actually, like these are our seats here and showed him the ticket number. And he just shook his head and said, no, these two. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to fight with this guy about our seats or whatever. Yeah. We're still opposite each other. It'll be fine. Um, but then we were on there for about 15, 20 minutes before it left. Just get it, like getting everything unpacked, did a bit of filming. And he comes up and he says, one of you have to move down. I'm like, what? We both wanted to be down. So I said, okay. So you started moving down. I was like, I'll, I'll move down too. And he's like, no. Okay. Like, and it was because we think it's because another girl complained that she didn't have a top one. And so she got mine and I got put down to the Pavo one next to the toilet. I have no idea because, <laughs> yeah, so he made me, you move down. I wasn't allowed to move down. And then another girl your age went into your spot. Yeah. And her boyfriend or partner got put to the very back next to the toilet, like the shittest. Yeah. seat in the house and i could tell they weren't happy about it either so i'm like what is the point of the website and buying your ticket if it's just a free-for-all i and, don't know and if it's a free-for-all fine have it be a free-for-all but don't give the option on the website then. and what, what was the logic yeah what was the what I was the issue with two of us being next to each other on the bottom or the top i reckon it would have been like maybe more elderly people or something people of stature maybe they got our seats because we we booked probably the best seats on that bus they weren't at the back the back is the bumpiest in my opinion back is the bumpiest it was fucking bumpy it was so bumpy and um closest to the toilet so i'm pretty sure he just saw us two and was like (laughs) they're not gonna know what's going on i'll just stick them where i want to I sat, I sat and thought about it for a while and I thought, um, yeah, maybe the bottom is more reserved for... Because there was a couple of families there and I was like, you wouldn't want a kid up on the top. I wouldn't want my kid on the top no. sleeping with me. So that's fair. Let the families have the bottom. But yeah, there was just like two other random people in the seats across from us and it made no sense Yeah, to me. Lost in translation. Lost in translation, which uh, has been going on for about seven months since yeah. we got to Asia. <laughs> yeah. So that's the theme of today's video is things that have been lost in translation that actually sometimes can be very frustrating but make for way better stories later on. And we have had a lot of really good laughs yeah. over our time well, uh, because of this. It started day one. <laughs> yeah. So when we um came to Bali, which was our first stop, 
we had to go through so much shit to get our visas, um, you know, proof of vaccination, leaving Australia right as the borders opened, all that shit. We got on the plane and when we landed in Jakarta, it was absolutely mental. Like, um, the best way to describe it is like Squid Games in real life. Like that, if anyone hasn't seen Squid Game, there's that stop-go uh, game they play. I think that's the first game they play on the yeah, show. Yeah, stop-go, yeah. And it's like red light, green light, it's called, or some shit. Yeah. Um, so you get off the plane. We have footage of it. You get off the plane and everyone on your plane is walking to, I guess, the baggage claim area, which is what you usually do. And we're just following everyone. And then you get to this section where there's like a hundred or 200 seats and there's a few like immigration or police officers standing up the front and everyone just stops and sits down and we're looking at each other like, uh, I guess this is it. Like maybe we just wait to get cleared. And then all of a sudden people get up behind us and they start running towards (laughs) um, the exit. And then everyone gets up and starts running. So we're like, okay, it's time to go. Uh, we must like be cleared to go through immigration or whatever. And then it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Another 200 seats, another checkpoint. No one asked us for anything when we went through the checkpoint. It was just like moving from one spot to the next, to the next, to the next. Until eventually we got to the spot where it was obvious they were doing... Like they were checking your QR code that you need to get on the plane to show that you've done all your vaccination and shit. Yeah. And um, you get your COVID test. Yeah. And you have this piece of paper that's a, it's got a QR code on it, which I think tells them that you've done your COVID test. So then we get to another checkpoint. We, I think we had to show this piece of paper like three times, right? Yeah, I mean, there were so many checkpoints and we were there for over four hours. Yeah, and so at like the very last one, he takes my piece of paper and gives me my passport back. And I'm like, yeah, that seems right. Like we've done everything. This is the last one. Yeah. yeah he deserves the paper. <laughs> and so we're, we're walking up like through the last bit of um, customs all like, thinking we're in indonesia this is it we'll just like grab a taxi and go to our hotel and then we look around and someone tells us what hotel are you staying at and i said oh this hotel and he's like sit here and then he comes back and he says um blah 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 in indonesian i'm like i have no idea what he's saying and he's asking for our qr code piece of paper and i'm like no i don't have it the customs guy took it, obviously, because that's what's meant to happen. Yeah. And he's like, no, you, you need this. I'm like, but I don't because the customs guy took it. Why would he take it if I need it? And he's like, oh, no. And he got this real worried look on his face. And we were like, oh, fuck, here we go. So we didn't even know that we were sitting there waiting for our PCR test results so they could say that we were negative and they would take us to the hotel and we would show that QR code to the hotel to show that we'd been tested and that we were negative. So he comes back and through Google Translate basically tells me you can't leave the airport without this QR code. 
So I'm like, what the fuck? Which am I supposed was to do? never mentioned along any part of those checkpoints saying, do not lose this. Do not give it to anyone. Like, there's never any no. warning, no saying, like, hold on to this or anything. And, like, you're given so many receipts, you're given customs forms, you're given so many things, which we, like, this has been a theme throughout our travels of just no transparency with what you need to hold on to and what doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I had to... He goes, I'll just go back to immigration and get another one, which it was such a big walk. It was like a 20-minute walk. And, like, I don't know if you've... You probably haven't. You've nev- if you've ever walked backwards through immigration and um, customs and shit, like... They look at you like, what are you doing? You're going the wrong way. And I had to translate to every single checkpoint. Like, I don't have my QR code. I need a new QR code. And the only way I could do that was by showing them a screenshot of your QR code and saying, I need my one of these. (laughs) So eventually a guy um, who was really cool, he helped me, an Indonesian guy. And he um, walked me up to the point where they actually printed off that qr code and after about 15 minutes of back and forth people like yelling at each other and shit they print me off the qr code but they printed me off yours and i'm like no i need need mine mine. (laughs) and so i forgot that yeah that was the first like biggest miss biggest lost communication translation thing um the other one was just yesterday when we went for breakfast and there's a breakfast buffet at the hotel in Natrang and um, it wasn't the like, best buffet but they had pho there, like soup, which usually when you go to breakfast buffet is like an omelette station and you just say, yes, one omelette please and they'll say, what do you want in it? And you say everything. And so... You went up to the pho station and said, one, I'll have one, please. And he just yeah. like, he grabs a bowl. There's one pot of soup or pho. One option. Yep. Scoops into the bowl. Yeah. Hands it to you. <laughs> and I was behind you and I said, one, please. And he said something in Vietnamese, like, what do you want? And I was like, um, one of them. Like there's one pot. There's only one option. Yeah. And again, he was like asking me questions. Like, I think I think he might have been like telling me what was in it or something. And I was like, "Yep, I'll have one. Like, just I just want one of what that is." <laughs> and then eventually he gave it to me, and I walked away. I was like, well, "I don't understand what just happened there. Like, there was one pot, one option. I asked for it." In the same way that I did. Yeah. What did I what what did I miss in the translation? You there? put your finger up wrong. Do you reckon? I don't know. <laughs> it was so funny. Though. Remember, actually, it's funny because you get like not like irritated, but a little bit impatient, just being like, like, I just don't understand. And then I and I, I watch your <laughs> yeah, but I watch your your brain tick over while these things happen and it makes it so much funnier for me because it all goes smoothly for me. Yeah. 
And then you're it always the happens one that, to me. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's so funny. And I love it so much. That reminds me of um when we're in Changu at that hotel and they had the buffet and I walked up to the omelet station and asked for two. Oh yeah. <laughs> I said two like this and they thought he held I had up the camera. Two, I had a camera. If you're only listening to the audio podcast, um, he held up two fingers like a peace sign asking for two omelets. And Lo- Lloyd had our vlogging camera in his hands um, on them just to vlog, you know, our our buffet. Yeah. And you can tell what happened. Oh, I went up and like said two omelets like I usually do. And they just like smiled and started going like this, like posing for a photo thinking I was saying like peace or yeah. whatever, cheers. Yeah. Peace for the camera. Yeah. Oh my god, and <laughs> and the footage of it—it's actually in one of our um, one of our vlogs. I can't remember which one we've done. Bloody almost eighty now, but um, the footage of it made me laugh so hard because Lloyd came back and was like, "You won't believe what just happened." Yeah. <laughs> and then I rewatched the footage, and it was so funny. And the guys got so embarrassed when when you were like, "Uh, um, no, uh." Two, two omelets. <laughs> yeah, two omelets, not um, not photo time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just had to get another beer for us. But um, the other struggle has been your accent. Yeah. I think probably one of the biggest struggles. Um, you think you speak correctly because you're Australian. No, you always say that, but I don't. Like I know. That you always correct me for how I talk. You say no. Whatever I say is wrong. Yeah, I'm just but in the rest of the world, other than Australia, you are wrong. <laughs> no one understands you and everyone understands me. Well, that's sort of true. But when um, when I was working on the rigs in Canada, this Canadian dude who was not very bright <laughs> um, was like, kept asking me questions about Australia and stuff. And he was like, saying do i have an accent like asking if he had an accent and i was like you have an accent to everyone who isn't canadian yeah and he could not believe it he's like i don't have an accent like dude everyone has an accent unless you're the queen or prince charles or like somebody with perfect english you have an english accent everyone talks different (laughs) are you serious yeah he literally had no idea i grew up with so many people that i reckon think the same thing as that Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. But um yeah, there's a few words that you say that people really struggle with that gets lost in translation. Ice is a massive one. Rice is another one. Um Yeah, it's just beer. hard here. Well beer in Viet- beer in Vietnam is beer, which is sick. Yeah, so I'm wrong here. Beer is um Beer is beer. Yeah. And yo means like oi, like get over here or whatever, which is another good one. (laughs) Uh, So Vietnam's been the easiest out of anywhere, but I've found Vietnamese people speak the least English out of any country we've been to. Yes. By far. Um, Another time that was pretty funny when I just like 
since we've been traveling, so much random shit has happened. Like when we were in Bangkok, we were there for seven days and we found the best smoothie and mango sticky rice lady. She was oh, the nicest old lady. Madame Sue. Yeah, and we'd order we'd order two mango sticky rices and a ma- uh, banana passion fruit smoothie. Banana every- mango passion fruit smoothie. Smoothie every day. Yeah. Three fruits in one smoothie. And we were there for a week and we'd ordered the same thing. The same thing and she like got to the point where she just didn't even we didn't even have to order it. We just said, yep, same as yesterday. And then on like day six, <laughs> she just makes us one passion fruit smoothie and one banana smoothie. I'm like, what the fuck just changed? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, What did we do different yeah. today? <laughs> so just, something got lost in translation there too. And the price was different every day. <laughs> every time, yeah. Every but, day was different. But she was so cute, so... She was awesome. She was so good. And she'd always bring us like really nice fruits. She was like going and hanging out at your grandma's house. I loved her. Yeah. Um, that was really funny though. And But it's it's like not that big of a deal. That, like I can't imagine being one of those people that you would actually complain about that. Like we drank those fucking smoothies because, you know, she's cute as and she had got it right every other time. So just drink the smoothies. They were really good too. Like one thing um, they do over here, which unfortunately they don't do in Bali, is they put a lot of ice in everything. Yeah, really cold. They just get drinks, like drink culture, like not even, well, like beer is really big in Vietnam, but drinks like coffee drinks or iced teas or smoothies, um, juices, they just, they're so good at it. And doing that and going and sitting in a cafe or... um, at a restaurant or something during the day and getting a really nice drink like that is what they do. So they do it very well because it's hot and it's really good. I can't believe how much they love coffee over here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, lots of coffee. There's been a few times that we've been tempted to try coffee. I'm almost tempted to just try the egg coffee because all of our subscribers and Instagram followers have not shut up about the egg coffee even though they know we don't drink it, but now I'm tempted that I might just have to just try it. Is it the egg coffee? What's in the egg coffee? I don't know. It's like a creme brulee. It's like an egg whip coffee, I think, right. um, with like egg white, I think it is. Because I heard about one that has like condensed milk that's really sweet and that sounded awesome, but... Well, maybe we just got to try it. Just Oh, the bloody coffee makes me feel awful and I just don't want to waste a whole day just for a drink. <laughs> I'm just... I've been off coffee for a year and um, my sleep and everything's been so good lately. And I know I love the taste of coffee and I love just like going to get a coffee. It just gives you something to do, just hanging out and getting a coffee. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of feel like an addict where if I go you get go a back, coffee, you're in again. then I'll be like, well, I had a coffee yesterday and nothing happened. So I'll go get a coffee tomorrow and then it'll just keep happening. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe not a good call. Yeah. What um, else has got lost in translation since we've been here? Well, the the one in Thailand. So, we landed in Thailand and were given, as you do usually, actually, I don't think we work for Vietnam, but usually when you land in a country, 
you get given a arrival card. Yeah, declaration arrival card, right? Yeah, well, like, it yeah. just says fucking pointless. You basically put your name, date of birth, passport number, which is all available on your passport. Fuck knows why you need to write it down on a piece of paper. And then what flight number you came in on and maybe the date and stuff like not much really so we got given one of those each and um we filled them out and did the whole immigration thing which was really easy in thailand went straight to bangkok checked into our hotel spent a week there went up to chiang mai spent a few days there then we fly down to phuket and we check into a hotel and she asks us for our departure card and i was like departure card what are you talking about and she's like oh your departure card like you need a departure card you had yours in your um passport still it was just sitting there yeah so when they give which you i thought was a receipt that i almost threw out because i was like oh i don't need this anymore and for whatever reason i just left it in there because i'm lazy and i never throw yeah, shit away so, anyway so when they give you the arrival card it's like this big and um it's like, yeah, when you go to like a movie or something, there's like a stub left over that's like, I guess, they a receipt or whatever. Yeah. And um, you had yours still sitting in your passport. Like it wasn't stapled or anything. No. And so she, she grabbed that and she's like, this one. And I was like, yeah, I don't have that. She's like, oh, what? You need it. And I was like, no, I don't. Why would I need it? She's like, that's your departure card. Um, you need this to leave the country and I need it to check you into this hotel. I'm like, I've been to three hotels already and no one's asked me for it and no one told me at the airport to keep it and it doesn't say anywhere on there that you need it. Now, obviously, it says on it that it's a departure card, which I didn't read, so it's probably some of my fault. But like every other country that you go to gives you one of those things that you fill out when you arrive right yeah you never have to keep them unless it's stapled in or stapled or pinned into your passport all it has on it is your passport details which are obviously on your passport the date you entered which again the stamp on your passport and the flight number you're on which i'm sure they could just ask you what flight number you're on yeah and then there was like a little number down the bottom but for whatever that was for that that was the big thing the little number down the bottom of the card is what they needed yeah that was what they needed so um i looked into it and it said you basically they won't let you leave thailand without your departure card if you get to the airport they're going to ask you where it is if you don't have it they're going to make you go to the police station and report it uh lost or stolen and then go to immigration and get a new one which if you're showing up for a flight two hours before it leaves you're fucked Mm. so um luckily she asked us that if she didn't we would have been fucked so i went to um the police station and the guy at the front desk i said yeah i need my departure card and he just kind of laughed and was like yeah everyone loses it and i was like Like, have a better fucking system then that's what he said he's like the people at immigration should be stapling it or pinning it to your passport so no so you don't lose it this happens every day okay so maybe sort it out so that was another thing 
Yeah. I got lost in translation. There. So hopefully people that watched our video that were leaving Thailand, that might help a few people not make that mistake. Um, Lloyd went into detail in that video about it. Um, but yeah, there's just a few things where it's just like, tell us, you know? And and if you can't speak the English, like put it on the thing saying, do not lose, must keep in passport or something like that. Yeah. It's pretty simple to add that text in. Another funny one actually that I just thought of um, was when we went over to Nusa Lombongan in Bali and we get off the boat, uh, we land at the ferry terminal and straight away when you go, what's that? Never mind. Something going on next door. Someone's listening to music <laughs> outside. Sorry. Um, when you land at any like ferry terminal or anything in Bali or Asia, there's a ton of people asking you if you want a taxi, which is really overwhelming. But um, this guy was asking us if we needed a taxi. And we're like, yeah. We told him what... Um, hotel we were staying at negotiated a price obviously he said one price i got him down because they always start high and then you got to get them down to a fair price yeah you taught me that usually they double the price and they're they expect you to have that and then in the middle of that is kind of like good for them and still, it's obviously, it's cheap for us anyway. Yeah. But it's like a reasonable price. Yeah. So, meet them halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, then he's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. No worries. And um, so, we wait there. I'm thinking he's going to get his car. And he comes back and he's like, calls his missus over. And they're on a fucking 120cc scooter. And we have two massive... 110 liter um suitcases and i'm like so what's going on here he's going to put us on the scooter and then he's going to put our suitcases in the car or something yeah and he just chucks <laughs> gets his missus to drive yeah and she's squished so far up on the handlebars like driving so close like her chest is touching the handlebars and she then and he the puts the suitcases <laughs> he puts the suitcases on the seat and then sits and straddles them on there's about an inch of seat left that he's kind it's of it's not even seat it's the outlining of the bike like the the metal part that holds yeah. the seat down he's sitting on that two inches of that with our massive two bags stacked on top of each other and we Which were like no nah, man age. we were like no nah, man you can't do that and he's like no nah, no it's fine yeah. it's fine and the scooter was so weighed down like almost touching the ground <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but he made it and then how did we get there do we jump we must we had our that. own scooter so we drove oh, that's on right. our own scooter sorry yeah he he gave us a scooter to rent and i was like oh but we have our suitcases like we can't just rent a scooter from here and ride it to a hotel we need to take our suitcases he's like it's fine i'll take them yeah that's what happened yeah and then yeah he that was up. fuck me like, <laughs> i really admire the way they um just, just make shit happen just make it work and always just they push those scooters to the limit 
if you got no other option, you are fitting everything you possibly can on that scooter and it's going to work. Yeah. Like uh, for us, we'd be like, ah, oh, nah, like it's not going to happen. But they find a way to make it happen, which I really like. I think it's a really good attribute to have. I like it too. And I think we should do more of that. Like when I worked in like a little bit of concreting in Australia and shit like that and like my lawn mowing business, I had a trailer that was a cage trailer and it was like six foot tall. If there was like not a net over the top of it and there was shit in it, technically I could be pulled over and fined like probably $1,000 and get demerit points for that. And like these people here are just like piling up. They have like scaffolding stuff on their shoulder driving on a scooter no flags, no nothing on it. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, just on a Scoopy, like a Honda Scoopy with it. And they just make it work. I know. And I still, like nearly eight months in Asia, have not seen one bike accident. Seen a few wipeouts, but not you an have. accident. I haven't yeah, seen any. I've seen a couple, but like not even really bad ones. Um. Actually, that's a lie. We did see that one guy on the side of the road in Thailand that had hurt himself um, in yes. Phuket. Yeah, we just saw But he was just an expat, yeah, right. so it's someone that didn't know how to ride a bicycle or how to ride a scooter. So A motorized bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of him. I'm. I just had this story pop into my head, that, and it's been one that has made me laugh pretty much every single time that I've thought about it since it happened when we were in Bali we were staying in um in a group villa you might have seen it on our stories it was really affordable um it was called Arira Arira Villa um and the staff would sometimes make breakfast for so there was like just the the guest house part of the villa and then there was the really nice like two bedroom villas that were also part of the property and um you could pay extra to have like a floating breakfast made for you which many places in bali did this and um there was this really cute man that worked at the property um that lloyd and i really liked him he was so lovely and he spoke so like slow and soft he was the nicest guy he i was can't remember so his name sweet. He was I, so nice. I, yeah I, I can't remember his name but um I, w I woke up one morning, Lloyd was already up and was down near the pool and, and I got up and um, this this man was cooking breakfast and it looked absolutely incredible. He's cooking like so, like, he looked like he'd been at it for a while. and, and um, Which so they can all cook. Everyone there yeah. can cook. If yeah. you're a taxi driver, you work at a hotel, you're a pool cleaner, you're a farm, whatever, that everyone can cook really yeah. well. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, but he, yeah, he was cooking up a storm, like everything you could think of. And uh, he was in there for ages. I want to say he was cooking for probably two hours, like not even over-exaggerating. Yeah, which frustrated me. Because <laughs> the eggs he cooked first. Everything was just like sitting there cold. Yeah. It looked really well presented. But when I cook something, I make it a point that everything is finished at the same time and it's yeah. hot because that's just the way I like to eat my food hot. 
Yeah, but I think the setup also in the kitchen made it so you could only cook maybe one thing at a time. Anyway, yeah. he was at it for hours to make this beautiful breakfast with flowers. It had beautiful garnishes. And he made um, a pot of tea for two and put it on this um, massive tray and was carrying it over his head and was carrying it. So he had to carry it quite far from the communal kitchen that he cooked it in and then carried it to the villa that this couple was at. And they had a private door that led into their private pool and their private villa. And he was ringing the door and... (laughs) Or knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell, um, calling out T2 for breakfast. Which, I had no idea that's what he was saying until you told us. I, I tried to translate it. So he he stood there for probably 20 minutes with this breakfast over his head. Um, and you could tell his arms were getting a little bit sore because he's still trying to do the presentation of Poor guy. the breakfast that he had just spent hours and hours making and Lloyd and I were sitting there watching him and so he would say like tea two for breakfast like really like happy and excited and then after 10 minutes of saying it and ringing the doorbell and this couple not answering it started getting like a little bit more sad <laughs> and by the end of it he would ring and go tea two <laughs> tea two for breakfast poor guy spent so much time cooking it i know i'm like i will buy that breakfast like i just felt so bad for him um and finally another girl come out and i think she just like opened their door and finally the couple was in there but by then it was like the tea's cold your food was cold like two hours ago and but at least it looks nice (laughs) i think what he was probably trying to say was breakfast and tea for two or something yeah Yeah. but the translation was tea two for breakfast and (laughs) <laughs> that poor, was my poor little guy. I know he was so sweet, but that was uh, one of my favorite things that's happened, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah, we went to buy him a gift or something when we left. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was so sweet. We had um mice in our room at that place. We had to move rooms a couple times, and it was funny because like the mice would wake us up in the middle of the night. I got up in the morning in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I stepped on the floor, and I heard like. You, you know what it sounds like when an animal like scratches on the ground i heard that right next to my foot and i screamed in the middle of the night so i'm like okay we need to move rooms and um you could just like hear them we could actually see them in the rafters and stuff so we we moved rooms and um there was a russian couple that was sitting that was in the the guest house room next to us and they were like oh yeah like we thought there was mice in here too and they just dealt with it they didn't give a shit. They're just way tougher than us. Way tougher. But seriously, if I'm about to step on a mouse when I'm going to go to the bathroom, that's where I draw the line. They had only heard them. They didn't see them or almost step on one. So that's yeah. the difference. But they ended up staying there for the entire month. And we moved rooms three times because of the mice issue. Yeah, we're pussies. I'm not. No, that But was they were eating fuck. our chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So the last... Um, lost in translation that I just thought of that was pretty funny was our first ever Thai massage um, in Koh Samui which I'd never had a Thai massage before we'd had heaps of massages in Bali and it's always just like 
a real relaxing way of like resetting like without actually having to do anything it's like going to the gym or doing yoga or whatever if you're feeling stressed or tired you go get a massage and you just feel amazing afterwards so um we're in a pretty local area in Koh Samui and they didn't speak any English and we walked in and usually when you get a massage it's like the it's like sectioned off so there's a bit of privacy sort of thing yeah um but this wasn't the beds were just all out in the open which people who are listening or watching and have had one probably know that that's normal but they basically just like put us in this room and gave us like pajamas yeah, pajamas or like nurse scrubs look like. Yeah, that were too short for Lloyd's legs. They were both the same size. Mine was pink, yours was green. And they just put them on the um, <laughs> bed and walked away. And I was like, what do we do? Do we put these on or something? This makes no sense. Yeah, because we'd only ever had oil massages where you like, you're just in your undies and then yeah. you put the blanket over you. And like I've was a massage therapist for a time so i was like okay this is yeah, you should know what's going on i'm 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 not trained in thai massage it's completely different i had no idea what was going on but then they came back like usually they come back five minutes later to see if you're ready and i was just like uh do we put this on something she's like yeah put on put on like okay so i guess i'm putting like this pink pajamas on for some reason i had no <laughs> idea what was going on so and we were laying next to each other and usually there's a hole in the bed so you lay face down but there was just a pillow so i'm like we were we'll talking to each other up. i guess we'll just lay face up yeah in pajamas and, and we no, did yeah. it was like we were going it was like a mum come and laid her pajamas out for us and was like go to bed <laughs> yeah i think you were like you were a little bit upset about stuff that was going on that day yeah so it was good because we were laughing the whole time yeah because the lady just came in and i'm laying on my back and she just grabs my legs and starts like throwing them over here in this direction (laughs) and then like bending me in all kinds of shapes and like turns me around and just jumps up on the bed and starts walking on my back and then, like, putting her knee in my back and pulling my arms backwards and doing all this crazy shit. And I remember after it, just walking out, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, no idea, but I've never felt that good before. Like, I had, like, for me, it was, like, a, this hip crack that I've been craving. I do a lot of yoga, and sometimes there's just something you cannot do yourself. Like, you need someone to push that extra little bit for you and Thai massage so good I'm really happy that we um we did that but the outfits really made it for me especially because yours was pink (laughs) it was just the communication I had no idea what to expect yeah but But that's like that's usually the fun of it the the surprise aspect of things because for them it's just another day right yeah like if they were to come to Australia or Canada and come do things that we just do in a mundane sort of way it would be exciting and and that's why travel is just so much fun but like last night with the sleeper bus it was a little bit frustrating but then i've come to deal with 
like the fact that things just aren't always as they seem or they're not always going to go your way and there's going to be lost in translation you just got to go with it yeah you can't do anything about it really i think like, it i could have argued with that guy yeah about no i bought this seat blah 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 but whatever at, at the end of the day like you're i don't know i think it just makes you a more adaptable person and understanding and um it's a life lesson too you, you can you can plan something as much as you want and it still will not go your way and yeah. the more that you just embrace the the chaos and things going array and crazy um the better it is and the better the story is yeah the vlog probably ended up better because it was funny yeah i'm just about to edit it i'm excited to uh <laughs> see what it's all about yeah well we've been running for nearly an hour wow well we i guess we will end it here we hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh don't forget to rate review and subscribe we really really appreciate all of your support with our vlog um with this podcast and even instagram we love chatting with you guys thank you so much we will see you guys in next week's episode bye this one's for my scheme makers my dream chasers trying to make it trust you got to hold on to faith and be patient i know you're trying to get to the days of elation and all those obstacles in your way won't delay it it's a lesson blessings or blessings i start to count them when i'm stressing try